Good morning, afternoon, Eastern, fortnight, and welcome to another episode of In the Area Podcast. In the Area Podcast is a podcast dedicated to the collection of wisdom nuggets. These nuggets are found inside everybody, everywhere, and they're available now. In the, in, in the way that you extract these wisdom nuggets, and, and once again, this is a new practice, is by digging it out with your mental arm and you pull out that wisdom nugget. You ask the right question. You pull out that wisdom nugget and you put it online. That's in the area podcast. In this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Megan Maycheck. Megan Maycheck is a close friend to myself and my family. And when I think of Megan, I think of someone who is enthusiastic, intelligent, and fun. You may know Megan as that girl who brought her bunny to every class, knitted you something like a scarf or hat, or asked you a question on her first date about the Beatles to figure out if you guys would be compatible or no. Megan's the kind of person where you wake up and she's already firing off at 7,000 RPM. She's got a list of all the things you're going to do that day in seven contingencies if you don't. That's Megan. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, driving all the way from Texas to be on this podcast. Yes, it was a lot of dedication. Thank yeah. you for having me. Megan and I have known each other a few years at this point. Um, she was the one who knitted our hats for us on the canoe trip. She's a big knitter. Would you? Yes. Would you? Can you tell me how you discovered knitting? With oh yes, I can. It's kind of an old woman thing, and I my grandmother taught me on a rainy day at my lake house in Canada. There's like nothing around us, no neighbors, nothing to entertain ourselves. So my grandmother taught me how to knit, and I was so bad at it. So it was so frustrating, as it usually is for beginner knitters, but. I continued to do it. And um, when she passed away, it was kind of just like a way for me to stay close to her. And I got super into it. And I feel like I have ADHD. And I started doing it during my lectures in college. And it helped me pay attention more. But oh everyone around me, as I'm like knitting these sweaters in college, would be like taking Snapchat videos and being like, who, the f- <laughs> who is this girl? Like, right. Wait, how old were you when you first started knitting? 10 years old. Wow. Yeah. And you were just, just before the podcast, you like, you were, you were saying something like you really, you, when you're idle, you need to be doing something. Yeah, for sure. I wish I had my knitting with me right now. Oh my gosh. It would be, it would be a dream. Is it different than crocheting? It is. Yeah. Crocheting is a single hook and knitting is two needles. You can do a little bit more with knitting just because you have, you know, it's a little more intense. Intense. Yeah. What is, (laughs) is there a knitting community? Such a knitting community. It's a, it's a really interesting community, actually. Really? Yeah. Can you describe what is it? Yeah. What is it about it? So it's, it all kind of rallies around Ravelry, which is like the main website where people can gather patterns. They can post their patterns. They can talk about yarn. Um, it's a really open community, but there's been a lot of friction in it recently because, you know, knitting has this um, like weird reputation of being like very white Anglo-Saxon yeah. tradition. You know, it's very famous in Ireland. There's some of like the big pioneers of knitting and um, but there's actually like a lot of Native American tradition and, you know, just trying to get more diverse community together. And so yeah. people are working on that actively. Yeah. Um, but there's like- Instagram has really helped with that. And also getting males into knitting. Oh, are there? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Of, um- yeah. One of the most famous male knitters, Stephen West, is, you uh, I mean, he's a guy. He's so cool. He owns his own store in Amsterdam, but he's like one of the most famous knitters of all time. Really? Mm-hmm. Are there like famous knitters? Oh, yeah, for sure. I dream to be one. Oh my god! Like let's who- all. If I had an Instagram, I would I would <laughs> put my handle in here, but I don't have. Oh one my yet. gosh! Wait, do you have an Instagram? I like want to have one. The name 
I've decided is knit, purl, and twirl, which I think Whoa. suits me. Why that name? Because knitting is like, you know, knit, and then pearl yeah. is like the backwards knit, and then oh. twirl, because that's who I am as a person. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have your knitting on your current Instagram? I do. What is your handle right now? Oh, Say it out. It's Megan Maychak. Yeah. And then there's anything that I'm wearing a sweater in, I've, I've made myself. How long does it take you to make a sweater? It depends. It completely depends on the on the sweater. Like thick yarn, maybe like a day, but like very detailed work, like a month. Well, Yeah. If I'm into it. And you and your grandma would just sit at home and... Yeah, she taught me and I was making like literally the most heinous pot holders like that have ever existed. They were like... What is a so- pot holder? Well, it's something you hold a pot with. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I- <laughs> we're in Colorado, yeah, yeah, so who yeah. knows? Okay, got Grandma's it. So like literally you like make a thing. You, you just make like a square. That's how you learn. You make squares. Yeah. And then as you progress, like so the, actually something that really funny that this is part of it, but yeah. then our camp community, uh-huh. the girls camp, because Zach and I go to the same summer camp, but I go to the girls camp. Knitting is huge there. Mm. And so we used to always just like whip up hats during balance time, which is like our free time yeah. where you can do something that helps you feel centered during the day. Wow. And so I got super into knitting hats during that. And like literally like we are a knitting like factory. Club. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've always said that if I had a Etsy shop, I would like have a little sweatshop of these well, campers yeah, yeah, making just all making, these hats. That's awesome. Because I don't want them at the end. But, but you believe in like the meditative power or just like the totally yeah. getting to another place and it connects you with your yeah. grandmother. Yes. Oh my God. I feel so connected with her. That's but really special. It, it always brings me back to that like rainy day sitting in our living room, like just looking out at the lake and me feeling frustrated, but like wanting to do it, to spend time with her. Oh. And so now when I teach people, it helps me in a better headspace. Like I've learned how to teach people better because I do teach knitting very actively yeah. at camp and with my knitting club in college and high school. Um, but it's it's very nice to like, I can understand how frustrating it is, but once you get past that, how cathartic and like special it can be. Mm. So when someone thinks of Megan Maycheck, do they need to be also thinking knitting? Is that that's the- actually yeah, that's usually associated. Well, wow, what's another? It's, it's loud, just the adjective loud that's often associated with me and knitting. Wow. Yeah. Those two are different, right? One like that's the the spectrum. Yeah, that's. I feel like they're like opposite things, but oh, like yeah. I, I bring them together. Do you listen to me? Are, are you loud when you knit? Like <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, listening to music. I think actually like knitting. Like I told you, I I count myself as an extrovert. I'm a very loud person. I only have one volume, and it's like a huge negative quality of mine. I don't know how to whisper. Oh, well, it's not necessarily negative. I, th- I think a lot of people enjoy your positivity. Oh, that and, makes me happy, Zach. Yeah, Thank you. Totally. But um, yeah, I have quiet hobbies. Like I like to read and I like to knit. But I think that what's interesting about those is like there are communities of extroverts that like to do those things, and then they come together. Like my favorite store, my favorite knitting store in the world is Fancy Tiger Crafts in Denver, and they have craft night every Tuesday. And like I was always the youngest there. Like literally with. 50 and 60 year olds like working on these sweet projects and they're the coolest women. And like, I learned so much from them. And, you know, even if you're not doing a cool project, like you sit there and it's great, great communication, great learning experience. Like I love it. Wow. What would they say when they saw someone young like you walk in? Oh my God. They'd be like, Oh my gosh, I wish my daughter was into knitting. (laughs) I was like, yeah, adopt me. So another thing would be law. Is that a, do you think that like you're considering going into law school? Is I that, am. Is yes, I am considering going to law school in the fall, which I'm very stressed about. But mm. it's just a really big commitment, and I feel like it's the first thing I've a hundred percent done on my own. 
And that's kind of scary to jump into that mm. big unknown. But what, I'm excited for what it. What do you mean a hundred like it's something you've just like financing it myself, like completely making that decision on my own, like moving to a city and starting a, a new a new home that I'm gonna have for three years. Like it's a huge commitment. You know, you go to college because like people say you should go to college, like your parents want you to go to college. Like my parents really wanted us pushed us to do that. Yeah. Um and I think law school is one of those things where like people are like, oh, you really want to do that? And like it kind of pushes me forward because like, yeah, I do want to do that. Yeah. You know? Wow. I took a year off. Well, I didn't take a year off. I graduated early and then just have been chilling and thought to myself like if I if I don't feel like I have this like dying need to go and continue my education and do something super meaningful with law, then I won't do it. But like my time off has reinforced that idea that I really want to do this. And that's, I think, something I haven't felt before for any of my decisions. And I'm Mm. excited for it. Are there any like legal cases that excite you that you think are really cool? No, but um, I mean, I took constitutional law in college and that was super interesting. And I took environmental law and media law and all these other things. But something that attracts me to law the most is probably like my history side because I was an English and history double major. And I did a lot of work with um, the Cold War in uh, specifically Czechoslovakia and like the harmful things that communism brought for the civil liberties in Czechoslovakia, you know, just like censorship, restrictions on freedom of speech, like and not being able to like just live your life the way you want. And I think like having that experience with studying abroad in Prague and then writing my thesis on communism in Czechoslovakia and like how it was dismantled helped me realize like how important it is to have people that really care about people's civil liberties because I think when you get into like the nitty gritty of law, like, I mean, I say I wanna do contracting corporate, but truly like I would love to just like protect the civil liberties of people and freedom of speech and like allowing us to continue to be free and democratic, Mm. yeah. Did you find law pretty early on in college or did it take you a while to discover your interest in like history and these topics? Yeah. Um, I've always been a big, I actually wanted to be an English teacher for a really long time and it's still kind of something in my heart, but I just think that with my personality and like my characteristics, I can actually do something with law and like make a difference. And that's important to me. And not that I couldn't make a difference with teaching, right? but I, I really do want to like put myself out there and like do something big because I have, I think I have a strong voice and I can do that. Oh yeah. Um, and I have such a great like tight knit community around me that would support me to do that. But um, yeah, I think when I was a senior in high school, that's when you kind of have to start thinking like, what am I going to major in? And I was like, well, I, the best advice my parents ever gave me was like major in something you love, not something that you think is going to get you a job, not something that you want, think we want you to do. So that was English and history, two things that, Every time people are like, how are you going to get a job? So how would you respond to them? I'm going to law school. Okay. (laughs) So then that was like my, I was like, what can I do with my ability of reading like 200 pages a week? You know, like, cause they're both incredibly reading heavy and then like producing original papers constantly on these things. Like the turnaround super quick. They're both very textually dense studies. And so I felt like, well, I'm really good at this. And like, I really enjoy this. This is something that challenges me and makes me feel good when I complete it. So law school would make sense in that being the next step. Mm. Mm-hmm. How did you balance all that time? I feel like that would I take a lot of time. Yeah, I was always in the library. Did you have a social line? I did. I was in a sorority, Delta Gamma, <laughs> with your little sister. That's right. 
My Me- sweet girl. Megan's a graduate of Denver University. Or uni- University, University of Denver. Denver, DU. That's right. Yes, DU. It's a little confusing. I am a graduate of the University of Denver, and I was a Delta Gamma, and Zach's little sister was also is at the University of Denver and is also a Delta Gamma. So Special thing. So the sisterhood runs deep. And that was a good outlet for you to experience your social life and make new friends? Yeah. I mean, I went to all-girls boarding school, so I knew that going into college, having an all-girls environment that I could you know, always fall back on when I needed it was important. Um, and I found that in my sorority, you know, we lived in a house sophomore year, but, you know, I had friends outside of my sorority that I love very dearly and friends in my sorority that I love very dearly. But I I always tried to make sure that I was getting my work done always. Like my rule with myself was like no fun until my, my schoolwork's done. Mm. And that was kind of, it was kind of hard socially because, you know, we're in the beautiful state of Colorado. Like, you kind of have to choose between going out and being social, whether because then the next day it makes it really hard to get up at like 6 a.m. and drive to the mountains, and then in turn doing your schoolwork and like balancing all of that. So it was kind of something. It was a it was a give and take that developed over the four years that I was there. Did you did you set like a guideline like I'm not going out you know if it's not the weekend? Did you limit yourself? No. In oh my gosh, <laughs> Thursdays were my favorite days. Of the oh, week. is that a big? But day? DU doesn't really have a lot of Friday classes, and I I only had one Friday class all throughout college because they really want you to go and like be active. But it manifested into just everyone going out on Thursdays. So it didn't matter what day it was, like as, as long as you had your work done. Yeah, you were, as long as I had my work done. Yeah. That's cool. That was my rule for myself. And Megan also has a background in canoeing. She's been growing up going to this summer camp, Ogechi Dakwe yes. in International Falls, Minnesota. And she shared with me recently, she has a desire to wear a dress on a canoe trip. I do. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Well, if you have been following this podcast, you know how special our camp community is. It's just the most beautiful, enchanting, loving community that has ever existed. It's so pure and so unique. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. And um, actually, one of my best friends in the whole wide world is Zach's, both of Zach's sisters, but Lauren Schiller has been my my right-hand woman all throughout summer camp. So I just, she actually taught me just like what, I, I've always been in all-girls environments, all-girls boarding school, you know, it's my sorority, but nothing will ever match the sisterhood feeling of my summer camp and the way, like the special relationship that Lauren and I have is just like the epitome of that. Mm. Like to bond with another female in a very male-dominated sector, you know, packing up canoes, carrying tons of weight, being surrounded by bugs, getting so, not showering for 10 days, like, but you get out there with a group of women and it is just so liberating and so beautiful. And like being a staff member now, watching the way the girls just light up throughout the trip and watching the way they transform into strong, independent young women is like one of the most touchstone things I have in my life and something I always fall back upon. And I remember being a camper with Lauren who always did my trips with me and just like the special bond that that creates, like facing adversity with just fellow women that want you to do well and want you to feel safe out there is just so beautiful. And so the dress, I think I want to do my next canoe trip in a dress because who says I can't look cute and do it too, (laughs) you know? Like I, I think that's something that I learned in Colorado is that there's kind of this weird dynamic in the female outdoor community where it's very easy to be like, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing, especially with skiing because, you know, she's wearing pink or like, she's just like, you know, it's always sort of that weird dynamic where it's like girl against girl. And I don't like that. Like, and I see that sometimes in that, I've never felt that in our outdoor community at camp, but I've felt it 
doing Alpine Club at my college at the University of Denver, like showing up to camping trips and like we always try to do like camp cute things on trip. Like we hem our, I personally, I maybe shouldn't speak for everyone, but I have my pants like shorter so that you can kind of like, I look kind of cute in my camp gear when I'm on trip, you know, we run into boys, <laughs> um, but I like to do it for myself. And I do like half my trip in my bikini top so I can get a tan, but who's to say that like, I can't do that and also like shoot rapids mm. and like, and, and know how to read a river and like start wow. a fire on my own. Like, I just don't think they should be not, I don't think they have to be. Yeah. It's nice to look good and feel good out there when yeah. you're on these trips. And so I think it'd be just like kind of a cute thing to do is, is just do Love it in that. like cute little dress. Do these dry? Will these dry fast? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a synthetic dress. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Cool. And it's bright green. So it feels very <laughs> you're campy. You're going to be, oh yeah. I'll send pictures. Please. What if I fail? And this is on this, <laughs> yeah, this podcast. At least it'll be documented. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. No. I, Maybe yeah. just on the sunny days because it does get very cold for a session. Oh, it absolutely can. But also I don't like portaging in pants. And that's something that's always really bothered mm. me. I, I My legs are so short that when I'm carrying a canoe or a wanting in or anything, like to lift my legs up in like, you know, the work pants that we wear yeah. is so taxing on my body because my legs are already so short that it's just too much. So I think – a dress will help me feel more So wait, free. have you brought those uh, zippable? Zip yeah, the zip-offs. Never. Okay. I would never. Why not? They're just so not me. First of all, the zip-offs, because my legs are so short, are like are basically like <laughs> okay. capris. <laughs> right, right. Zip-offs are like on the middle oh, of my gosh. calf. I wear like cool, I actually wear men's cool work pants. They're called the free rider. Mm. They have a lot of like movement in them and they dry really fast. But they're like the only pants I'll wear because I can kind of get my legs up in them. Yeah. What for you is what is the hardest part of a trip for you? Oh, the hardest part of a trip, honestly, is like sleeping. And I know that sounds so weird, but my sleep anxiety on trip is like nothing I've ever experienced in my whole really? life. Really? Can you describe that? What is yeah. what is I mean, anxiety? it was it was super bad on my last trip. It was my first time as a trip head. And um I just I it's not that I'm not sure of myself and I'm not sure of my skills because I I have been going to camp for 12, 11 years, 12 years. But um, like I would just, I'd be like, okay, time for bed. I'd do all the things I needed to do, you know, clean up the campsite. The girls are in bed, safe and warm. We've done Grateful Circle. And uh, Ellie, my trip assistant, we would be laying in our tents and and I would be like, I, there's no way I'm going to fall asleep tonight. Like there's just absolutely no way. And we'd, we were getting up early. Like it's not like I wasn't tired, but I was like, there's just no way. And then when I would fall asleep, I would have like – I'm not kidding, like horrific dreams of oh, like no. my fears, my fears of trip. You know, everyone has fears. Like my what? Fears like, like you swamping in a rapid and dying? Yes. Like, okay. So two specific examples is like one day Ellie and I had moved our tent onto a rock face and the girls were all like in the protected area because there weren't a lot of protected spots. So we were like out on the rock face. It was beautiful. We were like, let's sleep without the rain tarp on. But I see that the island adjacent to us is like Boy Scouts. And I'm like, that's, they don't pose a threat. Like they're Boy Scouts. Like they're not going to mess with us. But in somewhere deep inside of me is like, how absolutely terrifying would that be? If these men came onto our campsite and I'm this far away from my campers and, and how scary that would be for the girls, even if it didn't mean, you know, that's like always a fear of mine yeah. is other people. That's my biggest fear on the trail. Mm. And so I was having nightmares all night that they were coming onto our island. And oh I was gosh. like waking up periodically. And like waking up Ellie, the poor girl, I feel so bad for oh, her. No. And then another one was that we had paddled to this tiny island to find a campsite. And on either side of the island were like huge waterfalls, huge waterfalls. 
But like it was a marked campsite and it was obviously a safe entry. Like I, there was no way the girls were going to get sucked down there. But like, what if, you know, like what if, um, you know? And so that is, I had a dream that night. that One of my oh campers my got gosh. sucked down the waterfall. Wow. And you'll it, wake up and, and it wakes you up. And, and it you, wakes me up. Like, the, and then I've oh only no. had like 20 minutes of sleep and then the rest of the night I'm like awake. Wow. That's and tough. Just, you know. So why do you keep going back? Why do you keep wanting to go back on these trips? Oh, the just the uh, feeling of like being out there is indescribable. I know. I wish I had a better way. To, I think the first few days are always a little funky. You know, you get back into the swing of things and you hit like day four and you're like, this is my home. Like I belong to the earth. Like it, it's so humbling um, to just be so small and be feel so unimportant, you know? in comparison to just like you are at mother's nature's mercy, you know? You have absolutely no control. All you can control is how you decide to act in that moment. And I think that I feel like I have so much control over my life and that's a really good thing, but it's it's nice to have a humbling in your life that makes you realize that, you know, you have to face adversity and it's all about the way you face it. Wow. Cuz I feel like we're actively removing adversity from our lives always trying to make life easier, right? But that's a time where you absolutely choose to make your life as hard as possible by loading your little life into a canoe and paddling for how many ever days with the lives of seven, 10-year-olds or how whatever your age group is. And like, that's, an, that's a really hard decision to make and it's not a hard thing. It's not an easy thing to do. And you choose to do that. Mm. So, Would you say these experiences were important to your development? Oh yeah, I... I say this to my friends all the time. I'm like, I don't know who I would be without this, you know? Wow. How old were you on your first trip? I started going to camp when I was 10 years old. And this was before, like, we kind of eased the girls into it now. But I was a 10-year-old doing a 10-day trip. And I know the boys are like, oh, yeah, same. But, like, we don't do that anymore. But <laughs> so when the campers are like, oh, seven-day, I'm like, listen up, girl. I was doing 10 days when I was 10 years old. Nice. You can handle Proud. this. Were you, would you go back home and talk about these trips to your friends? And- yeah, and they wouldn't believe me. No one believed me that I did these things. It was so messed really? up. Really? They were yeah. just like, no. They were like, you're lying. And I was like, I'm simply not lying. <laughs> I don't know why you're saying <laughs> wow. that. Wow. It's very hard for – and you know what? Like, this is funny. I, I was on – I'm, you know, dating apps, whatever. Yeah. But I had been on a dating app, and this boy – followed me on like asked for my Instagram I'm like okay here's my Instagram and he texted me and and said oh my god you're outdoorsy and I said oh what (laughs) and he was like well so like let's just get this straight like do you go outside and like take pictures when you're like car camping and I was like what like what kind of would you ever ask a boy that like come on so it it does have a little that stereotype that stereotype you know so people that's very common though like look at me like so no one's gonna be like this girl's just like right getting after it getting in the after woods. it in the woods <laughs> you know wow. but i love it it and i i love the feeling of being dirty for how many ever days <laughs> yeah. i think it's so liberating yeah i love that too yeah i'm, I'm a very dirty camper <laughs> I, I i love not showering and just staying nasty <laughs> i but, have started forcing myself to take a bath every night and it's changed my life it's really good yeah you used to not bathe as a never. camper even even when it, let's say water. it's raining you're Does bathe? that count as a bath? No, even even less so. Wait, I'm asking. You said you made it a point to bathe every oh, day. Oh, now as a staff member. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless there's lightning, obviously. Okay, so nice. Unsafe. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is good to bathe, and I think it really helps with feet. If you're having feet issues, <laughs> like yeah. get those, get that soap between the toes. That's I know. what I'm always I got a gnarly, on. gnarly infection Ooh. when I sliced my foot open on the blood vein with Lauren, and like I, yeah, my health since that trip 
has, has been my personal health on trip has been better because that was so horrible. It Wait, what happened? So I had I had an ingrown toe bit, toenail from my hiking boots. Yeah, and like dumb Mag was like, I'm gonna cut this out myself. Yeah, and I obviously opened myself up to just like every infection. Infection. Possible. Oh, you so you took it. You like went in. You dug out the yeah. nail. And then you got, got and then infected. I got a horrible infection. Ooh, horrible! Like ingrown toenails are so painful too. I know. So, but it was like the lesser of two evils. I got some antibiotics. I mean, I was fine. But yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I cannot mess around oh with this gosh. stuff anymore. Yeah, I mean, it could be a lot worse. There's been, you know, you can have an appendicitis out yeah. there. Oh my gosh, that would be my worst. That is also my worst fear. Is like my camper getting sick, sick. and misdiagnosing them. Oh gosh. Because so like, you're constantly worrying about these things. Yeah. Oh, I'm a. I've never been a worrier, and I'm not. I've never like struggled with anxiety before, but like I get it on trip. On trip. Just because of how vulnerable you are out there. Is that why? I think when I was a camper, you know, you think your counselors are like literally a gift from God themselves. Right. You know, they think they can do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I try to keep my cool in situations where I'm stressed because I know that that's it. They would be scared if they saw I was scared. But, um, yeah, now that I'm on the other side, I'm like, they, when were they freaking out? Because I never saw it, you know? The counselors? Yeah. Privately, yeah. Privately, for 100%. Definitely going on. During staff time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Rewinding a little bit, you mentioned, I, I just want to bring it because I made note of this. Um, you said you were on a dating app and some guy yeah. asked for your Instagram. Yeah. I'm always, because I'm on dating apps as well. Yes. Um, well, I'm, I'm really just using Hinge. Thank you for helping me yes. fix that up. I, I'm the queen of Hinge. <laughs> What does that mean? I, I just like I know what a good profile looks like. Yeah. So Meg went through, Meg went through mine and she she got me fixed up. Um, but you said that he asked for your Instagram. Is yeah. that a is that a good thing to is that a good first step before you ask for the number? What's your take on it? I that? think well he he had my number. I'd given him we'd been talking for oh. like a, a day or two on Hinge. And then you moved over to texting. And then we moved over to texting. Because I, I have my notifications set off on my hinge, so yeah. I never get notifications. So I, like, miss that. But th he was going to law school also, so I thought that, like, it was a good, if if nothing, a good person to be in connection with. Yeah. To, to air our grievances about the law school process. Um, And so then we got our numbers, and then he was like, let me see your Instagram. And I was like, okay. I don't think that's weird. My Instagram's on public. Yeah. I'm not a very, I'm not very weird about social media. Like you're open to people just checking you out. Yeah. yeah. I don't have anything to hide really right. on that. On the social media front. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you, you already filter what you're posting on there before you put it out there. I don't put too much importance on my social media, I think. So like if someone's asking for it, I always usually say like this is not a very true indicator of my personality. Yeah. You know? But right. um, they – yeah, he definitely judged me by my outdoorsy pictures and, and then proceeded to ask me all these technical questions where I was like – this I did not sign up for this right. test. Did you guys end up going on a date? Or? We did, yeah. Even after all that? Yeah, because I'm kind of used to that. You're used to getting treated kind of. I'm just, used to the like, oh, 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 you wear chacos. What is that? What does <laughs> that know? mean? Oh, like, like oh, are you, you just like go on a little day hike oh, or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then I have to explain like, no, I <laughs> right. I do these. I things. do these I things. Do these things. X, y, Z, right, right. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I don't like feeling that way. Like, yeah, that it sucks. doesn't. It's not a good feeling. To feel like you have to prove yourself when it's been almost 13 years of my life. Yeah, I, I can totally yeah. understand that. But I don't deal with that at all. I'm always just, I feel like I'm just asking a really dumb question right off the bat. And either the conversation will move a little forward. And, yeah. and maybe oh, are you talking about your hinge? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What I don't know. I'm trying to think of my pickup line so I can let you in on it. Yeah, it's a, it's the opinion of myself and, and my friends that Meg would be an amazing matchmaker. Um, <laughs> we think she's born to do it. 
Um, I can see it. What do you think are, what, what makes a good couple? What makes oh, two people compatible? Wow. That's such a great question. Cause honestly my love life right now, like I don't even know. <laughs> um, I think that I growing up, I was a big dater growing up. I've had a lot of boyfriends. It's mm-hmm. not a good, it's not a, exactly a good thing, but it's not a bad thing. Cause now I really know what I want and I've stopped wasting. Yeah. My you've time. had all those experiences. And- yeah. I do think dating super important. Um, just to figure out yourself. I think you can do a lot of good self-reflection through dating, honestly. And I know that's weird that you like can use another person for that, but you know, it helps you realize that like I, I have often, I'm a big extrovert and I love learning about people. I love asking questions. You're the same way, Zach. When you and I are together, it's always like question, 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 question. But I feel often taken advantage of for that on date, on really? dating. What do you mean? Like it seems more often than not that boys enjoy my company because I am a question asker and I, and I'm one of my talents is like hyping people up. Yeah. I love know? that. I love that. Um, so that is something that I've really fine tuned and like learned how to spot because I, I used to be in relationships for years. I mean, that happened in college um, and, and just feel so drained and, you know, be feel so confused and it feels like I'm not getting anything out of that. But it's because I like one of my biggest things is like making others happy makes me happy. Mm. I'm a two on the Enneagram, which is the helper. Oh. Which is like completely. And Enneagram's like a personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, personality test that yeah. I take at camp. But um, yeah, so I'm a two. So I love to make others happy. It makes me happy. But um, it can often leave me feeling very used. And so now I actively look for people that are just as interested in me. Because I, I have a lot to say, as we know, I'm on this podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I want to feel like someone cares about what I have to say. Or like it's a two way street. Like it you're not the only be, one yeah. asking the questions that yeah. that's interested in that person. Yeah. So the communication, that level of communication is super important mm. to me. My love languages, the way I give, are gift giving, which is funny because Lauren, your little sister, calls yeah. me her giving tree. Because every time I see her, I'm like, gift, gift, gift. Oh, I, yeah, love you, I love that, you. I love that's you. That's so true. You just got me a gift. Too. Oh, yeah. I did just give Zach a gift. Meg picked up uh, it's this Magnolia sign, Magnolia gasoline. I guess it's a gas station in Texas. <laughs> she picked up at a gas station resale <laughs> gas shop. Station in Texas. Never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was an antique shop in a gas station. Yeah. But now I've got it hanging on my wall. It's yeah. a super cool piece. Zach's our apartment was kind of bare. And I said, this yeah. is simply not going to fly. Yeah. It's, I, I, there's some work to be done. But yeah. And so gift giving and, and words of affirmation. So mm. I, I like to be with someone who appreciates those things. I think love languages are like the most important discovery I've made in a long time. Mm. Like discovering yours or? Discovering mine and like understanding that it it's a mature, you know, people can be like personality tests, you know, like, but it's so important to know how you give love and how you receive it. And also what your partner like gives and receives. And I think that's a very mature thing to know Mm. because then you can accurately like love them better. How cool is that? Whoa. And you can show them how you need to be loved. Wow. Yeah. So you think it's important for couples to identify their love language? Yes. So important. I think you need to be with someone who like wants to bring out the best in you. And that's part of it is like, Mm. how do you, how do I love you best so you can be your best? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And let me think of some other, I think having, I need someone who, can put me in my place and challenge me. Mm. I feel like I can be very dominating and I end up, me, I, I feel bad about it. 
Yeah, you like it when someone's like yeah. stops you in your tracks. Like Megan, what did you just say <laughs> okay. to me? You know, right. Right. it's because you think you're saying things out of line, or you just want to you want no? Because be- I just like don't think before I speak sometimes, <laughs> and like people need to actively <laughs> yeah. remind me. Okay, that it makes for like, an interesting conversation yes, for sure. Right? I know. Oh God, <laughs> is that why you invited me? On this yeah, that's podcast? thank you. Yeah, I figured we get Pure the juice here. Pure tea, right? Yeah. Right. But um, yeah. What do you think is important? We were talking about this. Yeah, we were. Earlier. We were. Um, for me, the big ones are um, compatibility and humor. I mm-hmm. think that's a oh, yeah. huge one. Um, I want to be able to uh, be with someone who does challenge me intellectually. And um, yeah. yeah, I think we were also identifying yesterday's adventures, like someone who's mm-hmm. uh, would push my like, you know, goofy side and also adventurous side. Yeah. So. I think I need someone who's equally as extroverted as I am. Yeah. And I, I need someone who, yeah, pushes me to be my best and, and respects that you know, the next three years of my life are going to be so tack. I probably won't have a boyfriend. I probably won't have time. But someone who, like, respects my life goals. Mm. Because growing up in Texas, it often felt like the goal was just to find a cute boy, take care of you. Yeah. Which is so not my jam. What are your life goals? What is the goal? Oh, God. My life goal is... Honestly, this is a, and I just said this about Texas, but like, I want to be a great mom someday. That is a huge life goal of mine. Like, I would love to be an amazing mother. Wow. But that doesn't necessarily mean to my own children, you know? Like, I just want to be a great mother figure. And I mm. think I kind of already am one. What is, what is it, what does it take to be a good mother? Empathy, vulnerability, you know, no judgment, just, just being supportive, but also giving advice, but from a very, empathetic place you know Mm. empathy is so important that was something i've learned through camp but also like has become very important i think in the past few years of my life Mm. this kind of sounds like the teacher in you coming out yeah i'm such a teacher yeah like that is kind of a goal i think um i would like to either after law school or you know if law school doesn't work out (laughs) being a being a teacher you know i could see myself practicing law and then you know being feeling fulfilled by that and then going on and teaching mm. at just a high school English class. Are you a planner? It sounds like you've already come up with contingencies. I have like six different plans that would all make me very happy, but I'm also, I am so happy if they don't work out and something better comes my mm. way. My like tagline for myself is I'm plan oriented until a better plan is proposed. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah. you allow, you allow yeah. things to change. I'm like the, the friend that has like, when we're all like, let's get dinner. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, let's go. Like, I'm so chill. Like wherever's fine. I already have like a reservation on my phone in case like, we don't have it. <laughs> oh my in God. Case it doesn't so you've got, together. you got it backed up. Oh my I God. You got a backup, backup plan, plans. plan B, C, D. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's awesome. It makes me feel secure. Wow. And you've always been that way. I have not always been that. I don't know where that came from. Well, that's it's a recent thing, like college level recent. I think it comes from me like loving my friends and like wanting all my friends to be together. So like, if plans don't fall through, you mm. know, friends are like, "Oh, I'm yeah. just gonna go home." It's like, no, I actually have plan A, B, and C, and oh, D for that. us all to always hang out together. Yeah, that's super cool. You know? Yeah. And I, there's no excuse. No excuse. So <laughs> we're doing this. Wow. So the the plans for next year. Because I'm trying to figure out if yeah. you can be in Colorado oh. or either going to DU yeah. law school or I just sent DU an email about a scholarship negotiation. So let's all cross our fingers. What is a scholarship negotiation? It's when you have a scholarship from a different school and oh. you use that as leverage to oh, get a better cool. scholarship. Wow. So that I'm gonna I'm practicing my lawyer skills already. Wow. I'm going into negotiation with yeah. my law school. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, Love, yeah, so spooky. so spooky. Wow. But let's all hope that it ends up well. Wow. But yeah, the dream is to move back to Denver 
um, I kind of left Denver in a hurry after I graduated. You know, when you're at school and you just feel so tainted by the place. Like, oh, oh, well, no, <laughs> oh, I, 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 I don't know if I felt that. Wait, what do you mean by that? Like, I was just like, oh, I associate this place with like just like being so stressed about school because my senior year was really stressful. I was writing my thesis and I was applying to law school and I yeah. was taking my LSATs and I was trying to have fun. So it was just a lot going Lots on. Of and I was graduating early. And you were knitting. And I was knitting. Yeah. I was trying to do, and I trying to do all the things at once. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of left me feeling like I need to get out of Denver. Mm. And then I had a very, very beautiful healing summer at summer camp with Lauren, my sweet compass of a friend. And then um got back to Dallas and I was like, yep, this is not my place. Uh but you're 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 happy you did move back to Dallas. I'm happy I did. A lot of good came out of that. A lot of you know, sometimes you have to put yourself in an environment to help you realize that it's it's not your environment. Yeah. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I really thought that I was like a Dallas girl. And I thought that I was happy there, but I've I was thinking back to my senior speech that I gave at my boarding school and it was all about how important it is for me to have like that outdoor outlet. Because um like being able to just step outside and like going on a long nature walk or like going renting a canoe and doing that or like just feeling the Practicing the feeling of sublimity is like super important Whoa. to me. Oh yeah, I know. I just got what, literary. What are, on yeah, here. yeah. What is that? <laughs> okay, so my favorite literary movement is transcendentalism, which is the American Romantic period. Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau. You know, those are the big guys, and they all practice transcendentalism, which is the practice of, um, like actively isolating yourself in nature to give yourself the spiritual feeling of like being small and being unimportant and like understanding that like the beauty of the world is like a gift from God. It has some religious ties to it, but I think I practice it in a way that like it helps me feel like it, there's not a great weight on me, you know, Whoa. like I'm just, I'm just another speck in this like microcosmic little world of this nature walk at that moment. So you take a lot of comfort in feeling small. I take a lot of comfort in feeling small and also like feeling connected to something that can never be taken away from me. Mm. You know, like no one can ever take away walking on a dirt road with beautiful pines next to you. And like that feeling, no one wow. can take that away from you. Even in this time of quarantine, people are like, go on nature walks. And I'm like, yes, this is what we need. Wow. You know, we all just need a good stroll six feet apart from each other. Of <laughs> yeah, that's course, right. That's right. Yeah. I think that's a good, it's a good touchstone that I have in my life. And I think camp may, might also yeah. help you. Well, I grew up at my lake house in Canada when I was really little. I brought Lauren there this summer. Ooh. You're always invited. Thank you. Honestly, you should come. Where in Canada is it? It's in Morrison, Ontario. It's like Whoa. two hours from camp. Wow. So sick. I know. Um, but it's like literally in the middle of nowhere. And I just like being in those wilderness, like with that really imaginative childhood time period, you know, when you're little and you are just so creative in your mind and super imaginative, like that really developed me as a big reader and like a big, you know, nature enthusiast. And then brought me really close to the transcendental uh, time period of literature. Wow. I love it. It's very beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that there's a movement that encapsulates that feeling of just being. You, yeah, you got to read some of it. It's crazy. What's what's the what's a book to get me started there? Oh God! Just to get me started. Like there's just well there's just like Walden. Walden by Waldo. Thoreau. Oh Thoreau. By Waldo. <laughs> I like I'm gonna be so embarrassed if I got that wrong. But like Walden is Thoreau's pond. I honestly I hope it's not Emerson's. I'm about to embarrass myself. But um, you can fact check that later. Yeah, let's fact check that. But um, yeah, it's this little pond that he had 
up in his like little northeastern home that he would use for self-reflection and just it's a beautiful book and there's also civil disobedience and things like that but walden's a good entry point walden's a good entry point that's like sort of the the major piece of american transcendentalism but also nathaniel hawthorne did a lot of beautiful things one of my favorite books is called blithedale romance and it's about this like sort of utopian like literary society and like this like just how they all as writers left to go practice transcendental thinking and just like the the vibe of that. It's kind of cool. Whoa. That's a good intro. You might like that. It's a say, very short book. Say it again. Uh Blythedale Romance Blythedale. by Nathaniel Hawthorne. Okay. Yeah. I've got now now I've got two yeah. books on the list. Yeah. Two dude lists. Oh God, yeah. I one of my big dreams is to like is to run a book club someday. Mm. You're yeah. part of one right now, right? I am a part of one right now in Dallas. The books we're reading are not my forte, but I love the community aspect. That's how I feel about The Bachelor. It's not my thing, but like I love camaraderie and I'm here for the camaraderie. (laughs) So bring anything. Yeah, yeah, Bachelor, whatever, book, yeah. I don't care. Just like put me in a group of- So you're in a Bachelor club and a- And a book club. club. And a knitting, you're part of a knitting organization. And I'm also in the knitting world and I love to cycle because I think there's a good community. Wow. So you're just, you, you're, you're attracted to communities. I love communities. That's why I like coming and seeing you. Wow. We have such a community. We do have a very special community. I feel like I like insert myself into this community, but like, well, it's welcomed. It's a welcomed insert. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just made everyone change their plans. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here. I'm here. Everyone drop everything. We're doing this 11 o'clock. Right. (laughs) But uh, is that a bad thing? No, it's not. It's a special thing. Aww. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you feel well. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad you feel welcome because you are welcomed. That's sweet. Oh, yeah. It's I. I'm ready to get back to Colorado. I have a very special group of friends in Denver of my uh, camp girlfriends: Mara, Emma, Natalie. I'm like, do I forget anyone? There's like, I honestly could do such a long list, but I won't. Oh do my it. gosh. Let me name drop for a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Shout I outs. Would not. Shout outs. Shout outs to that crew. But like, it's nice how many different facets there are in Denver for me. And it just feels like that's going to be like my next home. Mm. I don't feel like I have roots anywhere. I kind of want to put them down. So should I put them down here? That's for you. That's, That's for, for you. But Megan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank this you. Has, uh, been super enjoyable. Oh, I'm so nervous. Your legs are—I can't believe how much your legs are shaking. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. You did great. You did fine. Did it? Thank did it feel weird? It, it feels feel? so. It just feels like I'm hanging out with you. Guys. Cool. You're doing. Do you like that? Do you like the talking, the feeling, you're hearing amazing. yourself? Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Kind of a different experience. Oh. All right, well, that's been another episode of In the Area Podcast. If you guys enjoyed today's, me. oh, was that supposed to? Let's try that. Let's take two that. So you, I'm going to say my okay. piece, and then say, and then I say, and then you say, thank you for having me. So thank you, folks. That's been another episode of In the Area Podcast. If you enjoyed today, oh god, my voice. Do it All again. Right. All right, one, one last time. <clears throat> thank you so much, folks, for tuning in to In the Area Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to chill, chill, chill. Press that subscribe button and follow along as we collect wisdom nuggets from amazing people. Thank you for having me, Zach.